0: Who they? Who they? They gonna beat the Bengals? Who Bangles starts now. And we're back, baby. After
2: a month and a half, we're...
3: Oh, Oh, baby, baby, when you walk walk like that, that, you you make make me go go mad. So (laughs) so be sad (laughs) and keep on not
0: not not moving moving my body. body. He's I'm sad at life, you know his hips don't, don't work, move. but
2: we're still <laughs> podcasting tonight All the, the Who Day, the, the Who, Who Day. Day. Don't we you see baby James repeat is here tonight? And welcome back to Fuck You, We, we like, like the Bengals. I'm your host Alex Schubert. Sitting across from me for the first time in I think two months is...
3: Old Gimpy himself, Lloyd Johnson. He is newly Gimpy and still horny. Oh, yeah. Always. Always, dude.
2: It, like I I've said this like repeatedly. I feel, I feel weird saying this in, into our episode with James Rapine, who first of all, we just recorded him with him. Very nice dude. dude
3: one of the night, just he's so great. He's so great.
2: Chill. I also will say 2020 was the horniest year in American history. Because it was like right before the pandemic and it was like, it was not right before, it was during the pandemic and people were just like looking for
3: like something to rub up against. Yeah, because we were all like quarantined
2: and we're just like, God
3: damn it. I'm not gonna lie. It was one of my favorite years of my life. Well, yeah, because you were like, you never want to go out anyway. Yeah, I, I prefer to just, you know, be alone and not have to talk. To yeah. other human beings that have responses and like tell you stuff about themselves and yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't want to hear all that. Well, guess what?
2: I think that? you now have an excuse to not really go out all that much.
3: I really do. I uh, uh,
2: Lloyd, would you like to enlighten the general populace about what that excuse is?
3: Yeah. Um, so I think it was uh, April twenty fourth, I believe. Yep. Um. <clears throat> I went and picked my daughter up from the airport about 11 p.m. Uh-huh. Good old Lily Johnson. Got back uh, to the apartment. Literally had two drinks, so I can't blame this on being drunk. Okay. Um. Didn't even take my good, like, sleeping medication or anything, so I can't blame it on any of that. I, uh, I went to the bathroom about 3 a.m., and my daughter's absolute cunt of a cat. Loves... <laughs> Loves to bunch up the bath mats in the bathroom. So I went to step away from taking a piss. And I clipped my foot on the bath mat. And I fell. Oh! And when I say fell, I... Not even able to get my hands down to brace it, really. fell down on my left hip. Uh, which resulted in me breaking... <clears throat> the head of my femur bone completely off and the entire back wall of my left hip into pieces yep
2: god damn it
3: the surgeon who fixed it said I could have fallen a hundred times and he would have expected none of them to turn out the way it did
2: fuck dude obligatory question are you okay Uh, I'm okay is real relative because it's been like a little bit of a... You've just been kind of MIA from pretty much everything for the last month and a half.
3: Yeah, I, um... Yesterday was the first time I made it back up the stairs to my my own apartment. Yep. I've had to stay somewhere without stairs in order just to exist.
2: Yep. <clears throat> Even staying at, at our friend uh, Sarah's place.
3: Yep, yep. And, uh... Lily's been great she's helped a lot except for as far as keeping my apartment from being completely destroyed by that same cunt of a cat (laughs) and Lily and Sarah have been great about like I can't get up to go get water like I walk with a walker and or crutches at all times right now
2: god damn dude it's kind of like Joe Burrow was after his injury
3: yeah probably worse yeah so, like, I'm jealous of his injury. That seems like it would be easier to...
2: Well, one thing I didn't uh, address uh, with Rapine was the Bengals need to thank their lucky stars that Joe Burrow only missed six games.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yep. Him For and sure. Trey Hopkins only missed a half a game. Might miss a few this year.
3: If it was, uh, If he had the injury I had, he would not be playing... Most of the season.
2: Well, Joe Burrow also is probably a little more responsible with who he gets as a cat.
3: Well, he probably doesn't have one.
2: <laughs> yeah. He
3: but, just, yeah. Dude, it, uh, he's probably
2: a chill dude.
3: Yeah, if you haven't... Um, you've seen the picture of my... Depends and shit on my hip? Your what? Have you seen the picture of my hip? Did you say depends? <clears throat> I said, have you seen?
2: Oh boy, that just looks like the fucking, uh, that looks like a Hyrule, uh, uh, what is it, um, Legend of Zelda logo.
3: Yeah, my hip now has a nail running, they call it a nail, running from the head of my hip to about halfway down. Oh
2: my god.
3: My femur. Ow! And then multiple pins piecing the head back together and screws holding that all in place. Wow. So I did it real, real good. I broke it. I broke the fuck out of it. And then the whole back wall on my hip, they're just like, we'll deal with that as a problem later. Yep. Dude, that
2: fucking sucks, dude. And and you've had to miss time at the zoo and...
3: Yeah, I haven't been at work. I haven't been...
2: You're basically on disability right now.
3: Yeah, I'm on short-term disability. I haven't done anything. I, uh... I've been out twice since all this happened, both within the past, like, week. Yeah, once to come up here and do this, and the other, I, uh... I popped in at Chameleon for a few minutes to... Watch Blake.
2: Yeah. Murder. Murder. And everyone noted on the fact that you've lost some LBs with this.
3: Yeah, about 41 pounds.
2: In a month and a half? Yeah, something like that. That's a pound a day. Yeah. I... This is, I realize how you're going to respond to this. I envy that. I know I shouldn't because of the way it happened. Like, I know breaking your hip isn't the best way to lose weight. You, no, you, no one's like, man, how do I lose weight?
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills
1: there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com
3: slash metaverse impact
2: break a hip and lose my entire appetite
3: yeah break your hip and the entire head of your femur off and i assure you you will not eat the way you did before
2: yeah because i'm like <clears throat> me personally i'm like still a fat ass at heart
3: oh bro same yeah like, my daughter had to have a talk with me when we were in the hospital where she went, Hey, they keep telling you you have to eat. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm eating. She's like, you're eating half of what they send you. If that. They're getting mad. Start eating. <laughs>
2: oh, it's like I have, like me, I've always had too much of an appetite. And I've like,
3: I've struggled to control it at times. Right. Well, right now, I like today, I ate breakfast. <laughs> Proud of you By the time it came By the time it got around to lunch I The idea of eating was just nauseating Repulsive So I just Not to mention my uh, my You know about a two liter of coke a day Yeah Has gone By not the, the wayside Yeah I, I don't drink rum and coke at the Frequency I was
2: Yeah you now drink Gatorade and Sailor Jerry.
3: Yeah, I've been drinking Gatorade and Sailor Jerry. I didn't stop drinking.
2: Which still, to be fair, a lot of sugar.
3: Yeah. It's just, not
2: carbonated, high fructose corn syrup
3: sugar. It's also just not nearly the same volume yep. that I was taking in before. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 225 pounds.
2: Which is 15 pounds heavier than I am.
3: And uh, I haven't weighed this little since I was in, well, except grade. for one time during a training camp, I cut a bunch of weight for uh, to, to fight, and uh, I got down to like 212. Okay. But walking around just normal, not have done anything at 225, not since like 7th grade.
2: Do you think you'll dip under 200?
3: I doubt it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, because my goal is to never be heavier than Lloyd. Because I'm also—it's a like, solid goal. It is a—it's a solid goal. I'm also like, I'm not gonna—I'm not trying to sound like I'm trying to suck my own dick right now. I have a lot of muscle on me.
3: Well, you're also what seven inches shorter than me, six inches yeah, shorter than me. That's
2: a little disheartening
3: and I used to have a lot more muscle on me than I do now like admittedly my legs both look three to four inches smaller than they did before all this happened like I've definitely lost some muscle mass
2: yeah and muscle weighs more than fat does
3: yeah but I've also my gut's not nearly what it was and uh I need to get my gut down it, it it's been weird having people comment on me looking a lot different. Yeah. Uh, I'm not great with, like, compliments. and So every time someone's like, oh, hey, you look way thinner. You look better. I'm like, uh, do I look like I'm dying? Do I look like I'm sick?
0: <laughs>
3: <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it it's cool that I lost a bunch of weight, but it's not great the way I got there. I would not recommend yeah. that as a... It, There's better ways to get there.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's like the biggest loser, Lloyd edition. Yeah, just... Break your hip.
3: Break the largest bone in your body and the most important one for movement. Yeah. At the same time, and you won't move a whole lot or want to eat or...
2: It's like you don't notice any of the 206 bones in your body individually unless one of them is broken.
3: Yeah, break two of them that touch each other, you'll notice.
2: Yeah. Like, I was playing a... I know you're not a ball with a stick guy. <clears throat> but, I watched my team... I play for a local team. Uh, Cincy Dragons, shout out. And, I watched uh, my teammate, our pitcher, steal second base, and as he did, he dislocated his pinky. And, I um, did not see my teammate getting out and hitting, because the whole time I was watching my other teammate pop his pinky back into place.
3: So in my world, a dislocated pinky is... It's not even noteworthy in my day. I don't know if you've ever thrown hay bales, but you dislocate fingers every once in a while. Yep. So to me, that's whatever. Same as like a broken nose. You just fucking push it back into place and move on. Um... This is my first time, like, I've had spinal surgery, so that, that I was... I am lucky to have avoided that. Pretty gnarly, but breaking the biggest bone in your body, it, uh... Go it, to hell. It has some pretty notable effects yeah, on how you do things. You're your
2: body to go to hell.
3: Yeah, it's, uh... It's not been great.
2: I am... Man. Because, I mean, I... Do you miss... You miss the zoo, I'm sure.
3: Absolutely. Every day.
2: Yeah. And I i want that for you. I want you to get back at the zoo and just to be making full pay
3: and getting back to where you were. I'm, uh, <clears throat> so on top of breaking the bones I broke, I developed a large hematoma in my left thigh. Gross. So I just had a giant sack full of blood in the middle of the muscle in my left thigh so that has impeded my progress of getting back to normal. Ow. <clears throat> um I also had an aneurysm in that leg where they had to go through they had to put something through my left le- or my right leg all the way across my groin into my right leg to stop the bleeding of the of the aneurysm into the hematoma.
0: My god. <clears throat>
3: And then while they were doing that, they happened to notice that I had a couple of very large kidney stones in my right kidney, probably caused by a lot of the medication I was on. So now I have a stent running from the top of my ureter tract all the way up to my left kidney, which makes me feel like I have to pee every 45 seconds. If
2: you want to skip to the part where we interview James Rapine? You probably should have done that like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We,
3: should probably, we should probably skip back to skip past the will as me part. I'm fine. I'll be okay shortly.
2: Wait, I think, do you think the listeners be honest? Do you think they like want to know? Because like you were out for a few episodes. Like do you think they want to know what happened to our friend Lloyd
3: Johnson? <laughs> I think maybe just the overview, not all the gritty details.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm hearing it, so. And I'm not editing it out.
3: But um, no, it's been it's been rough, man. It's uh, it's not been great. I've uh, I've been stuck between a hospital bed and recliner, all in the same room for over a month.
2: You get you get your first peek at retirement.
3: Yeah, I, and I don't want it. Yep. It seems awful.
2: Did you watch Jeopardy last night? No. <laughs> You didn't, you didn't catch up on your Wheel of Fortune.
3: No, I watch uh, I watch fights, and then I watch reruns of shows that I've watched a million times,
2: such as
3: uh, I literally watched, literally rewatched all of American Dad,
2: the best, Archer, great,
3: Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I need to get into that, and a huge chunk of Family Guy.
2: Of the best. Are you a South Park guy?
3: <laughs> yes, which. Oh. If it wasn't for the fact that when Disney Plus came out, I rewatched most of South Park. Then
2: I've been really getting into South Park recently.
3: It's so good, <clears throat> but yeah, I every movie on, that I've purchased on Amazon on the watch counts, I've watched all of them twice since this happened.
2: That's awesome. Well, oh, there's my, almost there's like
3: sixty movies on that list. Jeez,
2: can I say something about South Park real quick? <laughs> Go ahead. I think the most underrated character on the show is Ike, the little baby.
3: I would say Butters, but all
2: right. Okay, Butters is great. Matters? I think the reason Ike... Do you not like Ike?
3: No, I love Ike.
2: Do you know how they record his voice?
3: <clears throat> How's that?
2: They record his voice... The voice actor for Ike is the children of South Park's production staff. So it's like a three-year-old kid that could be like an animator records lines that says, suck my boss. That's
3: fantastic. That's fantastic.
2: I will send you a video later of someone recording Ike's lines. It's the best thing ever.
3: Yeah, I... That show's so fucking smart that it's almost upsetting at times. Like... Especially, like, the last, like, five seasons, how they've had, like, that theme through the whole thing. Like, there's a story arc that's a theme, and a... It's been on the air for almost 25 years,
2: and it has not lost a step.
3: No, it's only gotten better. Yep.
2: Uh, Speaking of things that have only gotten better, um, I know you're not a bull with the stick guy. No, but I'm happy for you. Yes, because... Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, follow me on the Instagrams, you got to see the fact that for the first time in my entire life, I hit a home run. And it's it was, my dad put it best. It was fantastic, but my dad said it was like an out-of-body experience for me. That's the best way I can put it. Because you were, co- you were talking with Rapine just now, but... You said like you commend a guy's ability, you commend someone's ability to hit a baseball.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat>
2: there have been multiple multiple people that have said that hitting a baseball <clears throat> is one of the hardest things to do. It's not only just like a fastball, but it's just like off speed stuff. Whether it's like yeah. a curveball, slider, knuckleball. We don't throw knuckleballs, but like change up Any the hard thing is, and I'm sure you know this, but like you don't know what's coming. You have to guess and get lucky. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flex a little bit because I looked up the guy's pitching stats for the year, eight and two thirds innings uh, prior to me. Which, if you don't know, is only is almost one full complete game. He had only given up one run the entire year,
3: no home runs. I basically doubled his ERA
2: with one swing of the bat. <coughs> <You> no, <know, clears
3: throat> which again, I'm not a f- baseball fan, but I can appreciate that. That's pretty dope. Thank you. It was, it was
2: something that I had dreamed about a long time. I mean, granted, it feels weird to, to brag up because we got our absolute cheeks clapped in that game, but it's like we've we, we've had a rough go of it as of late. But I love the guys I play with. They're absolutely fantastic dudes, and sometimes we just look for positive parts of the season. is that? A, would you say that's like no, a fair thing to say? That's a
3: very reasonable thing to do. And it's...
2: I mean, I don't want to go all like whoop dee about myself, but I'm
3: like, God damn it, that felt
2: incredible. Because when I hit it, it was just like... My first thought when I hit it was oh, God damn it. Because I didn't think I got enough. But then the shortstop, he just said... The shortstop just, I was running to first base and the shortstop just said, back, back. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <clears throat> and then I, I got, I was in between first and second and my team was so like, keep going. And, and I saw the left fielder just wave his arms. So I was like, no shit. And I was just like, dude, that seriously like the yard. And I was screaming, get the ball. Because I'm like, I want my first home run ball. So what I did was I crossed home plate, left the dugout, ran along the left field line like on, like, the pavement shit, hopped a fence. This isn't as impressive as it sounds, but I'm about to say I went across the street to retrieve the ball. It was right in someone's front yard. And I just, I got the ball, put it in my backpack, and it is in my apartment right now to this day.
3: So the next one is... uh... When do you really make your dad proud and hit a home run with the ladies? We'll get there. Get there? Right.
2: <laughs> I'll get there. My I'm dad. Sorry.
3: I'm sorry, you're riding too high. I had to just
2: Yes, very fair. Even like friends like even friends that are girls like that I'm just like legitimately friends with. It's like, Are you gonna talk to her? And I'm like, Dad, we're just fucking pals. Shut the fuck up. Also, partially I only say that partially because we have established or she has established that we're just pals.
3: Pretty aggressively.
2: But yeah, that's our life. Um, say uh, I wanted to uh, talk about that home run on an app or so. Or like where I could have like... If there was like a live audio only sports talk platform, do you do you know what app you would use?
3: Are we going with uh, Green Room?
2: Locker Room, Green Room. They are rebranding it to, to green room we'll talk about that in just a second they're gonna think, <clears throat> what i've heard is they're gonna merge with spotify it's gonna be a glass thing but for now locker room slash green room let's go with that we cool yep boom it is a live on, it's a live audio only sports talk platform didn't cost anything to use no no it doesn't lloyd not it's just a thing free to download and use you can talk to fans athletes and insiders Real time. They said map it up a bit. So that's what I'm trying to do. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news, such as me absolutely locking into a home run where the wind was blowing out into left field and I have not gotten a hit hit since. But that is neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) Like we said, you can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games You can talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. It's on Locker Room slash Green Room, which is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store. And you can create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any of the leagues in the sports drink platform. So find out about Locker Room. And now, we're going to go into our interview with James Rapine, who, by the way, was fantastic. Great guy. And welcome back to Fuck You Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Sitting next to me is, welcome back.
1: I'm back, Lloyd Johnson.
2: He is back, and sitting on the other side of the screen, introduce yourself to the general populace, a lot of... People might know who you are.
1: Ah, James Rapine. Is James here.
2: Rapine. Uh, you, you, write for, uh, you write for you write for com. It's a little si thing, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yep. Yep. Right. A so, little uh, little shop called si.
2: Yes, they've been around for like what five years? Yeah, six, yeah. six or seven years. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you get started with like being a? Because Andrew Fox Miller, we had him on last episode. He kind of talked about how you got started. You guys were working like in insurance or something, and. Mm-hmm. You kind of got started on, like, the radio, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit
1: of that story. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I worked with Andrew uh, while I was in college. So I met him when I was uh, 17, 18 years old. Where'd and uh, we worked at uh, we worked at Nationwide Insurance. I, I was at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, so I went to UC. Yeah, I'm a yes. Bearcat. Go Bearcats. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we worked there. And, um, you know, he's... 26 probably at the time or something like that and i'm a kid just trying to pay my way through school and yeah. uh i knew i didn't want to work in insurance forever and no, love sports really
2: want to work in insurance forever
1: no i don't think so i you know he's not in insurance anymore either right so it's yeah. uh it's it's one of those things and um yeah i mean i i love sports unfortunately i was five nine so there was no chance of me uh, and, and, and not fast enough to uh, maybe be like Rex Burkhead or somebody, right? Yeah. So, um, Aaron Sprouls. That's right. No, you know, there was none of that in my future. So, yeah, it was like let's write about sports and talk about sports. And uh, started as an intern at ESPN 1530 and, yep. and Fox Sports 1360. And uh, just kind of went from there, right? Radio producing and uh, then podcasting, do videos here and there. Then I got my own blog. And it just it, it kind of went – from there and uh, i love it i love covering uh, a team in my hometown I, yeah. uh, I i i love liking work and uh yeah. hopefully uh it hopefully we're just getting started that's my plan is is yeah. that this is just scratching the surface of what's uh, in store
2: that's kind of what i'm hoping for too because like i've been like kind of like trying to dabble in sports writing like i have a couple connects at a Sensi jungle we're working through mm-hmm. that and we have this podcast we've been doing it for what two three years or so it's been on and on, like it's been. It's gone through hosts for about six years. This will be like our six or seven season, doing fu and roasting and talking about the Bengals and stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun like way to get our names out there and just have not only talk about the Bengals but just our lives in general. And <clears throat> and you've done Locked On for how long? Because that's your your podcast.
1: Yeah. So outside of my stint in Cleveland for about two years, it okay. was i've done it you know the whole time so i started it in 16 uh exactly. with david Locke and hosted it towards uh through the end of the 2018 season and then came back after uh, zach taylor's first year last may right after the draft so yeah. uh, i missed about a season and a half but I- i've been around for most of it
2: that's awesome i mean there's been a lot to talk about with like taylor's tenure it's been it was the it was the first he, he was the first guy that uh, he was the second guy he's a Sorry, I'm in something a little bit. He's the second coach I've ever known because, like, the first season I followed the Bengals was Marvin <laughs> Lewis's first year. Sure, but I don't really know yeah. the the late '90s or the Dick LeBeau years or anything like that. I just know Marvin Lewis and a couple of years of Zach Taylor so far.
3: So on the other hand, I'm a lot older, and I remember
1: <laughs> that's a lot right.
0: Of more terrible, terrible years. Of-
1: <laughs> I was going to say you didn't miss much in the 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 years pre-Marvin. In that, that's uh, I remember. Probably back to '97 is is about where where I remember back to, and I wasn't old then. I was just really loved sports, yeah. and it, it was not uh, it was not fun watching Corey Dillon and and really no one else and bad quarterback play and certainly bad coaches. So you, you didn't you didn't miss anything for sure.
3: Horrible ownership. Let's not ever forget horrible.
1: Ownership. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look. That's. Uh, that's something I was on um, a Vegas radio station today, and they said, hey, are the Bengals cursed because of ownership? Are they ever going to be able to be good with this ownership? And I think that's something that not only Bengals fans think, at least some of them, but uh, people nationally think as well.
3: There's only one good answer to that is he'll die soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: honestly, I, but the, the thing is, is I think back to probably 2009, Mike Brown still signs off on stuff, but he's not calling all the shots anymore. Like, Zach Taylor has his thumbprint on it. Duke Tobin certainly does. Heck, um, that's a super, you know.
0: Of a guy
1: too. It, and that's, but, but that's the thing is, like, Brown's going to take the hits, but it's it's not just him, and he he certainly has been open to, to other people and their input. Like Marvin. Marvin had his input on a lot of draft picks. Didn't
3: his daughter also say that they – they still tend to go a little more conservatively as how he was. Something in an article that she got some heat for where she said that they still tend to play it a little closer to the chest like he did. I'm
1: sure. Well, I'm sure. I mean, if you're raised in that, right, that's going to be the the way things go. I will say that they've at least spent in free agency the past couple of years, which is nice because, like, in 2013, in 2014, I was the guy always during that playoff run from 11 to 15, like, hey, they they need to go out and get this free agent. And people crush me for it, like they're not going to do that. And I'm like, I don't care. That's what they need to do. And now it seems like they're at least willing to dip their toe in free agency, which is, is a little refreshing.
3: And there were a couple of years there that were super frustrating because there were so many great free agents that were sure. for nothing. Like, I remember sitting, I can't remember, I think it was the, the year before Carson got hurt. I remember in free agency just reading like the list of people that were available and it was to the point where there were so many skill players that they were going for nothing. I mean, yeah. teams were picking up people for nothing. And you're sitting there like, come on, man. If they're cheap. Just just once. Just just one? No? All right, just are yeah. getting none. Okay. We're going with none.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, and that, that's the difference. I, I think in today's NFL, teams are more aggressive than they were in the mid-2000s. Yep. Because the Broncos super aggressive they get a super bowl out of it the Seahawks same thing the Patriots uh, ha- have done that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year the Chiefs certainly trying to do that and have done that so like you got to be aggressive you got to pull off trades you got to kind of force the issue i think if you're going to win in today's game even if you have joe burrow and even if you have a, a good roster around him
2: yeah the bucks were so aggressive last year that they mm-hmm. still have been able to retain every single starter <laughs> From last year to this year, and that's a that's that's mind blowing aggression to me.
1: It is, and the crazy part about it is, I could see it from a mile away. Like, man, just trade Giovanni Bernard to the Bucks. That's what I was saying because it fits perfectly. Yep. and they release him, and who to thunk it, the perf like the one missing thing in that offense was a great pass protecting, pass catching back. It was Leonard Fournette last year. He's got stones. For hands. Like, And he made some big plays in, in the playoffs. I'm not taking that away from him. But he's not Geo. And so now Geo goes there too. I mean, that offense, it's going to be tough to stop.
2: And even Ronald Jones was more like yeah. the, the direct downhill runner. It was Fournette and Ronald Jones. There was no pass catcher out of the backfield. And now that they have Geo, that's an insane – that's even a more insane offense than it already was.
1: Absolutely. He's, he's going to kill it down there. It's yeah. going to be – Part, a little painful. You just hope that Joe Mixon has a big year because it won't be as painful. But if Mixon yeah. isn't great as a pass protector, you're just going to be looking down to Tampa Bay and watching Tom Brady smile as he dumps it off the Geo four times a game, and they're beating people by 20. So yeah. that uh, that would be the, the frightening part. But good for Geo. You know, good yes. for him. How,
3: how high do you think he was to get the call from Tampa Bay instead of Chicago, I think, was looking
1: at him? Oh, I mean, how, like, that, that's the team. It, it's – it's literally a perfect fit. Yeah. I, I think he fits them. I think skill-wise, I think he's going to have playoff success right away. Yep. I think he'll get in sync with Brady right away. Oh yeah. I, I think it's the, the best fit of any of the teams. Uh, Geo landing there, it's, it's going to work really well.
3: You have to bet on something working. Tom Brady being involved usually helps. Yes. That's fair. And <laughs> That's Brady fair. and Arians, if I'm not mistaken, personally recruited
2: Gio Bernard specifically.
1: I think so. I think I read – right? I, I think I read yeah. that um, yeah, or, or saw it. So
2: Seattle, I think, was looking at Chicago, him too. I know Chicago did. Well, of course, for a minute. the Andy Dalton poll.
1: That's right. Hey, we got Andy. You know, you like catching passes from him, right?
2: Yeah. I think because they, they kept uh, hyping him up on their Twitter as QB1, just QB1, then a picture Ooh. of Andy Dalton. And then they That's kind rough. of got roasted on Twitter for How, it.
1: how many starts – does he is he their opening day starter, you guys think?
3: Yeah. I think I he will be. 50-50. I, I think he is. I think as conservative as they have been with bringing players in over time, mm-hmm. I think maybe they'll – I think they're almost not counting this season to be a big deal. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. I yeah. I
3: just wonder if they think let's get everything together and then move on. Otherwise, why get angry? Why
1: I would love people? to see him – Start eight games, play yeah. well, and get one more shot. Because it's not going to be in Chicago. It's not going to be a real shot, right? Because Justin Fields is their guy.
2: It'll be like even an if out- he plays well, Kansas City thing.
1: Exactly. So hopefully that happens. Because it it ended. It, it was just so such a, a whimper of an ending, right? And Ryan Finley, the benching there, which was ridiculous at the time. Yeah. And, and I I wasn't covering them then. Um, but I remember I was like, really? That's what, what you're doing? Okay, they're tanking, I guess. They really like that Joe Burrow kid or Tua at the time, right? And, uh, yeah, you just – I hope Andy gets to, a shot at starting – maybe Washington. He'd be the best starter in Washington right now. I wish they, they should have signed him. Yeah. You made a face. You, you like Ryan Fitzpatrick better. You made a face it's there.
2: not that I like Fitz better. It's <laughs> that he's such an anomaly of a player. It's like he hasn't aged. I see Fitz's peak as higher than Dalton's, but it's like Dalton's here and then Fitz is like here. Like Fitz is, I mean, Fitz is inconsistent. But when Fitz is good, he's insane. He'll,
1: he'll give you the 400-yard, four-touchdown games. Yes. And he'll give you the four-pick games. And and you're right, yeah. you know, higher ceiling, lower floor. Andy's exactly. going to give you a bunch of two-touchdown, no-pick games and a couple two-interception games, right? Yeah, yeah I I get that, and, and that's the thing. If if you are Washington, maybe you do roll with uh, you know the, the 38-year-old who doesn't seem like he has aged no. because he still runs pretty well. Like He's probably beaten all of us in a race, which is kind of sad because Ryan Fitzpatrick shouldn't be able to beat us in a race, but I think he could.
3: Well, my buddy that worked at Ignition Sports said when he was over there, he's one of those guys that he wants every single person in the room's opinion on exactly what he should be doing to be in the best shape he can all the time. Uh-huh. Real bright guy, I mean Harvard guy, right? Yep. Which Harvard. So he's a real real bright guy. And my buddy that worked at Ignition Sports, he worked with him and uh, Marcus Margus Hunt a lot. Gotcha. And he said you couldn't have two more opposite like Marcus Hunt six foot eight doing backflips and Ryan Fitzpatrick, like literally down to disputing how many calories he should be taking in a day with their nutritionist versus how many miles he should run on a treadmill on off season days. But that... <clears throat> so I think maybe I think, he, I think he can wow someone in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, his personality and that like that guy who's that driven to do it. You know what I mean? Like, when he retires, he's going to have a great job in anything he wants to do.
0: Sure. I mean, he'd be a totally great agree.
3: analyst, a great coach. Like, you know, I, I I picture him being somebody who's, you know, calling games in a few years. He's
2: going to end up in a booth.
1: I could see that. And, and there's enough – he's somehow become this – borderline star where people know him even though he's been like a career backup that starts you know occasionally here and there when there's injuries but like he's like the most popular backup slash borderline starter so he's probably like what the 35th best quarterback in the league or 30th best quarterback in the league but he's the most famous one of those that i can remember
3: (laughs) yeah i can't think of a guy that's been like that where even if you bring him in and he never plays, that everyone feels more comfortable that that's the backup.
1: Yeah, yeah, and part of it is—is is he's well, part of his fame is he's played for half the damn league, so everyone knows him.
2: I was just about to say, I right. wouldn't call—I wouldn't as much call him a backup as a journeyman.
1: Yeah, that's and, fair.
2: And and also in with bits in Washington, I think his situation, like with his pass catchers and stuff, I think it's better than Dalton's is in Chicago because. Dalton's only star receiver right now, his only star is Allen Robinson.
1: Mm-hmm. But then, no, I, I I agree. I mean, they went out and got Curtis Samuel. I uh, wanted I,
3: Curtis Samuel so did bad you? for the Bengals. So have, bad. I have, what, fucking six ends on the roster right now?
2: Yeah, Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, and a <clears throat> smorgasbord of others.
1: Yeah. yeah. Imagine
2: if going to be turning – Biden. I do
1: like the the Darnell Mooney kid. He's a second too. guy now.
2: I do too. That kid's impressive. Yeah. But, it's like he's not but, like there yet, but he is getting there. And he and he's the kind of receiver that I kind of have a soft spot for. It's the one that doesn't get like a ton of opportunities, so like get like ten receptions consistently. But when he gets opportunities, he steps up and he gets he makes the receptions when he needs to. And I love those players.
3: Kind of reminds me of yeah. like Jerome Simpson type, but with a way higher potential. Yep.
1: yeah. Oh. The, hey, by the way, that's that burned Mike Brown. That was one of the those decisions, man. You take Jerome Simpson over Deshaun Jackson. I I'm, was I'm 14 and knew that. I'm pretty sure it pretty sure. I don't know Marvin never told me this, but I'm pretty sure Marvin and I know he knew Deshaun Jackson really well. Wanted Deshaun. And they went with Jerome Simpson a dude who couldn't get on the field. And if you if you take Jackson there, He's I mean that's still that in could the That could send a ripple effect throughout everything. Does the Carson era change? T.O. probably never comes to town. Is 09 different because they have a legitimate threat alongside Chad instead of Lavernius Coles when TJ leaves? I mean, it's just such a ripple effect. Who who the hell knows? But Jackson was was definitely the pick and should have been the pick.
2: James, please know I'm getting severe flashbacks right now. (laughs) I was 14 years old. And I was like, I saw Deshaun Jackson in college. This is my guy. I wanted him so bad. He was a punt returner <laughs> in college, yep. exciting player in college. And then, I mean, no, no shame on, no shame Jerome Simpson here, but God, Deshaun Jacksons had the way better career.
1: Oh, in shade, oh. absolutely shade. Like that's the yeah. thing is, one played for Cal, the other played for, and I forget where Jerome played, yep. but it,
2: something it was Coastal a Carolina, Carolina. school. Yep.
1: Yeah, there you go, Coastal Carolina, and it, at the time. Like, and TV people don't do, especially local broadcasts. they don't like, especially in 0, it's 08, they're not questioning things like that, like draft picks. But I remember that was questioned right away. Like, the Bengals take Jerome Simpson in the second round. He's really athletic, and they showed these highlights of him jumping over people and stuff. Like, look at Deshaun Jackson. He he was, oh, he, he's one of the best athletes in the league over the past, 13 years. I think Jerome that's why to- he weighs, he weighs like 20, 30 pounds less than me. Like, I met him a couple of times and he's uh, hes thin, but uh, he's hes just that talented and that gifted where in a, a grown man's league, he can make those grown men look silly.
3: Cough, cough, Devontae Smith. What were you going to say, Lloyd? I was going to say, <laughs> I will say, I think maybe Jerome Simpson was that like, uh, it seems like almost once a season or once every other season, they take like a big gamble. Like, Marcus Hunt was a gamble. You know, a guy who barely played. Yeah. And then, but Jerome Simpson on film looked insane. Like, when you just saw what his physical capabilities were, that guy was out of control. So, I think once, like I said, once a season, once every other season, they take a gamble on a guy. Marcus Hunt, Drum Simpson, some of those guys. <clears throat> I remember when Chris Henry was kind of considered a gamble.
2: Well, that was For sure of off-the-field stuff. Mainly, right. right. I'm saying,
3: like, I think... What I'm saying is what they show on tape or whatever, they'll make that decision like, Let's gamble on this working out. I think that's what they did with Jerome Simpson and just didn't have it to pay off.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. And in the you're right, same thing with Marcus Hunt, because physically you look at him, uh, has all the, the tools. Obviously athletically, he's really gifted and it just never never worked. Now he's probably gonna play for a couple more years, I think. And I thought he was actually pretty good last year when he when he came back. Yeah. But um, just one of those guys that never, never reached his full potential. And, and Jerome had a good year in 13, 12. No, he was 11. It was 11 during the, flip. Yeah. Yeah, that was during rookie the year. flip. yeah, the flip was the craziest play I've ever seen. So that, he does have that.
3: Speaking of flips, my buddy that works at Ignition, he sent me a picture. He sent me a video of Marcus Hunt doing a flat-footed backflip. <laughs> oh, wait. Isn't that dude six foot fucking eight? I'm yes, five. he's huge. I'm He's five, huge. So I'm not a little dude. I was in like I have an MMA background, not a. You know, I played football in high school, but I I was much more in combat sports than than anything else. Gotcha. And and I know some big guys that are crazy athletic, and just video clips that they would my buddy would send me when they were there working out. That guy's you you can't you can't find a guy who's six foot eight and does backflips. That's I didn't know he
1: could do backflips. So that's that's crazy.
3: Feet together,
2: like a cheerleader.
3: Yes,
1: like. That's crazy. I, I need to see that. I need to see that video because that's
3: – If I can find that, I'll, I'll dig back to and see if I can find it. I'll, I'll send it to Alex. But, yeah, it's it's. Uh, he was doing like these – he was doing box jumps at Ignition over there. Yeah. And, uh, he landed, I guess, whatever his highest one was to date, and his mm-hmm. celebration was he took a couple steps back, did a back clip, grabbed his hands real big and goes, what's <laughs> next? I was like, I love it. I love every part of that. I get why you signed that guy, even with a little limited playing time. Like, the upside's got to be crazy.
1: Exactly. And that's what they saw. I think it was like, man, he could end up being such a steal. And, look, I'm okay with that if you take a chance on athletes here or there. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem, I think, with the Deshaun one. Yeah, Jerome was a great athlete, but so was Deshaun. And so yeah. that's what bugs people. But it was 13 years ago, and uh, – uh, despite guy. me trying to get the Bengals to sign Jackson multiple times in the mid, mid-2010s, it never happened. So.
3: Yeah, sometimes they just don't look to the smartest people available.
1: The smartest people, that's right.
3: It's
2: just the guys in the I, – I like to picture like nowadays they just have Mike Brown tied up in a closet somewhere
3: oh while God. they make all these signings. I think they just turn on Blues, Blues, put them in a corner.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
3: <laughs>
1: We're mean people. No, it's all right. Hey, well, if hey if it works and they win, Blues clues it up, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: I've got a couple people that work for the family, and uh, apparently we're not being that mean. Like, he's, he's apparently not that sweet of a human being, so I don't mind shitting on him a little. There was hey, one, you're good. There was one person, I read
2: Why Your Team Sucks, which I've referenced an amount of times. It's a column where people roast NFL players and teams. It's really fun. But someone commented, I was at a first-watch restaurant, and I saw Mike Brown there, and I remember him specifically asking if crackers were
3: extra for soup.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it what? No, I don't buy it. All
3: right, so I know someone who, who uh, did, like, landscaping work and, like, maintenance work for them. Yeah. <laughs> and... He went in at one point like, hey, you know, I've been here like four years. i probably need a raise. And they were like, if you ask again, you're fired." Probably...
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: Oh. It's I, a
1: lot. Yeah, that's, that's crazy if that's, you know. One, why would, why would you get soup at first watch? I would never get soup at first watch. Yeah. So, well, sorry. If
3: you're Mike Brown's age, what else can you eat?
1: Okay. I, I don't know. Biscuits and gravy or something. I don't know. You get, there's got to be something. <laughs> I did too. That's why I remembered it. So that's, it was pretty good. But um, yeah, no raise in four years. That's wild. Are you talking about like the, uh, the stadium stuff or like his house?
3: His house. Like his, so his house. And then I guess one of his best friends lives right next to him. And then his daughter lives on the other side and he did all their landscaping and maintenance stuff. Worked for him for four years. I I did apartment maintenance before. I, I work at the zoo now. Gotcha. But uh, before that, he worked with me in an apartment complex, and then he got that job. And everybody's like, "Awesome! That's you're working for one of the richest families in town." Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, he he, I was talking to him one day, and he said he asked for a raise, and they told him if he asked again, he'd be fired. And I said, "How long have you worked there?" He's like, "I, I just finished out like my fourth summer of landscaping and all that." and
1: did he do you bail after that or what do you do? Because yeah, that's he, he left. Yeah, he actually now works that's, with
3: Peter Frampton's uh, company. Oh, it's in, wow.
1: Hill. it's
2: in Indian Hill, if I'm, yeah. Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Sheesh. let's talk about uh, this year because this was a I mean, so far, tumultuous off season. just not tumultuous, like great stuff, which is like very – got a lot of people talking
0: mm-hmm. about,
2: like, so. First question, first and foremost, and I asked you this before we recorded, how nice is it for the Sewell versus Chase versus Pitts debate to be complete?
1: It's great. I mean, because it's something we had for months. And it took a while, I think, for people to come around. But I think most people realize and see the Bengals' vision. And I was surprised at their vision for a bit, even though I had it. Because this idea that Sewell was the – the best prospect or the best offensive line prospect. And I'm not saying he's not great, but I don't know if he's as great as Pitts or as great as Chase. And no, no. Um, and and we'll see. But, uh, you know, it was a good problem to, to have. It was fun for me for a while, and then after a while it got old, like I, I think it did for everybody. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out. National media certainly thinks they got it wrong, I think. I think that's yep. fair to say. Yep. Locally, I think we're – a little more well-versed and can see why you'd want to replace A.J. Green because it didn't work for whatever reason last year. Partially him, I think. Partially the system. Um, But Chase fits perfectly in it, and I I think that that's the the benefit here, and it should help Burrow a lot.
2: Because people say, like, Chase is the X receiver. He can go downfield when he (laughs) needed to. But that's Mm -hmm. how people just describe – that's all people thought of him as was just the X receiver, which I think kind of – limits what Chase can do, and that's not all he can do. He can go 10 yards downfield. He can open up the field for 30 yards down the field.
1: Absolutely. And another thing – absolutely. And they uh, – boy talked about it last week, and I was surprised at how open he was about it. But he's like, oh, yeah, Chase is just more versatile than AJ. He doesn't have to just line up at X. Really? He can, he can line up at Z. We, we can use him in the backfield. We can move him all over. And that part of it is cool. Because, one, if he's saying that, imagine what they're saying when the cameras aren't on. And he said he, he wasn't being mean to AJ or anything. He's just like, look, Chase is, is a different player than AJ. It does, it's not a bad thing. It's just he's different. But I think that's going to benefit, one, this is very much a prove-it year for Zach Taylor. We need yep. to figure it out. You know, is he the guy or is he not the guy? This is the year to show it. Yep. Well, now he has a guy that not only do they think can be their top receiver – but can be this versatile chess piece that you can move around. Plus, you got Boyd. Plus, you got Higgins. It makes a ton of sense, and it'll help him. Either one way, he's successful when he has the right guys in his offense. Or two, if they struggle, well, we know it's not the guy because they do have the guys, and it's you know he's just not the coach for the job. So we'll see there. Um, but yeah, I think it was it, it was the right decision, and I, I was a bit surprised that Tyler was that was open. <laughs>
3: um, I so this will sound like a weird thing. I hope. Jamar Chase is not the number one receiver this coming. Huh?
1: Oh. Who do you I want it to be? be?
3: I hope they let Higgins be Higgins. Mm-hmm. Because when they have, it's worked. I hope they let Boyd be Boyd. Send him over the middle. Send him on those crosses. Like let him do and then let Chase be the cleanup guy. Let him play like uh you know, the Terrence Copper kind of role for a year or two until he's used to that speed of how everything works, mm-hmm. and then let him be the number one guy. Because every time, I, I feel like they've, they've rushed too many receivers into being number one, to try to be all three threats at one time. Mm-hmm. Let him learn the parts he didn't play in college for a year. Because you have Higgins, who, I mean, how much upside does that kid have?
1: A ton, He's a ton. And he to,
3: was willing to throw a team on his back and, and, and try to be the number one. So maybe for this year, don't overexpose Jamar Chase. Let him learn the other parts that he didn't do as much in college. Mm -hmm. And I think those three will be hell on wheels for the next few years after that.
1: Yeah, I I think it's fair. And I I think that what they would say is they're not going to have a number one at all. And I'll tell you this. 1A versus
2: 1B versus 1C in my opinion.
1: Yeah, like week one it might be T. Week two could be Chase. <laughs> week three could be Boyd, and that's what they had at LSU, and I think that's kind of how they envision, you know, this trio working. Hopefully, it also
2: help to have Justin Jefferson on that team.
1: Exactly right, and and I think Boyd can be a lot of that of what Jefferson did at LSU. He did a lot of slot stuff. Now Jefferson showed he had way more tools in his bag last year than just that, and and he was a great pick, but. Uh, Yeah, I think T. Higgins, by the way, in OTAs, clearly took a step. I think he looks more physically fit. I think he's just growing into his body some as a man. I mean, he's only 22, he's 21 last year. And and so you talk about his upside. I think there's plenty of upside there because all of those testing scores and everything, not only was he injured last year, but he was still a kid. And I think much like Tyler Boyd, a couple years from now, he'll be – He'll be much different than he was as a rookie, as a second-year player. As we saw Boyd develop, I think Higgins will do the same.
3: Higgins also looks like he's put on probably 15, 20 pounds.
1: Yeah, you were just saying that. Higgins?
3: Yeah, I think he looks like he's like 15, 20 pounds heavier. And, and, Burrow, and, he, and Burrow as and well. Just, just as quick, if not quicker.
1: It, it's funny because he looks that. I agree with you. He weighs the same as he did entering training camp last year. Wow.
3: So, again, coming from a combat sports background, knowing how to – Knowing how to carry your weight is kind of a thing mm-hmm. for fighters. you got to cut weight. Whatever. Knowing how yep. that balance it, I think having an all-the-time nutritionist and all those guys on mm-hmm. staff has made him – that's what I'm saying. He looks 20 pounds heavy. No doubt. And, cool. and
1: I think that's it. He, he even mentioned it. He was like, I feel stronger, and I'm carrying my weight better. And, and that, yep. that, that's the difference. He was like, at 220 last year, I felt slow. He was like, I feel strong now. And, and i i think you're exactly right the the nfl guy and he probably hired a nutritionist that you know in arizona he's working in arizona it's uh it's paying off
3: well, i know like chip has an open door like uh chip morton he lets guys mm-hmm. call him hey this is what i want to achieve and he gets some guys to do it like they don't mm-hmm. have to find them on their own chip does it he knows fucking everything uh, <laughs> like, i've seen that i need guy. to get on that i've seen i've seen chip it MMA events and stuff around town. Really? Like, you know, he's working with this guy out of George Grigel's gym, and this guy out of Vision MMA, and blah, Like, all those guys, he kind of filters everyone to who they need to know. Gotcha. So I think, I think <clears throat> Duke Tobin and Chip Morton together are, are a great combo to have in that spot.
1: For sure.
2: And also, sure. I was going to say, Burrow looks like he's put on a ton of weight, too, because ever since he got hurt, he's been, like, a and gym rat
1: because there were yeah.
2: uh, i think one quote that t higgins had where it's like burrow threw me a deep pass or something and i was like oh shit he has really improved his arm strength
1: yeah and, and that's the interesting thing because how <sighs> much can you improve your arm strength like you can look more cut and i do think he's you know taken strides in that department and in and, and added good weight but is this sustainable i mean we have boyd higgins uzama and Sample? then Thaddeus and Thaddeus Moss, according to who said it, according to Uzama, all talk about his arm strength. That, did Sample too? I'm not sure.
2: Or, uh, no, if, uh, if I, saw I was better. saying like he was on the roster.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But but have all commented on the record like, man, he's firing him, and it does look like it's it's coming in faster. And you just wonder, can he not only do this now, but t- training camp, preseason, if he plays, and then for for all 17 weeks and maybe the or 18 weeks and maybe the playoffs. So. Hopefully he can, because that's kind of the one missing element to Burrow's game is just when he needs to be able to rocket it in there. Can he do that? And if he if he picks that up just a little bit, then there really aren't many holes.
2: Because uh, people said that the Burrow's uh, weakness last year was his deep ball, and not yeah. only did he get a receiver to help him improve with that, he they got his college receiver, his college deep threat. So instantly yep. that area is improved for Burrow.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of why they did it, right, It's a yeah. big part, is they know if they're going to be competitive, they're going to have to have a lot of explosive plays, which they just couldn't last year. Like, everyone talks about that Week 2 game against the Browns. Burrow was 37 of 61 for 316 yards. Yeah,
0: and if you're throwing
1: active. 61 times and you get you finish with 316 yards – that is not good. And it's not his fault. It's because they just couldn't get the ball down the field, partially mistaken, because of the offensive line and partially because of the wide receiver core.
2: if I'm not mistaken, I read a stat and said, that was more passes than Jimmy Garoppolo threw during the entire 49ers playoff run in 2019-2020. Uh,
1: I bet that's the case, yeah. I, I think it was pretty clear they didn't trust Jimmy. And Zach Taylor's like, "Hey, we trust Joe. We don't know about the rest of these guys, you know." And and obviously after that, T Higgins came on and it helped some. But uh, that was such. Uh,
3: yeah. I think them picking Jamar is also coming back from an injury is always weird. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, again, not to keep going back to it, but like I've seen fighters come back from you know a bad a bad knee blowout. Anderson next, Silva and their next three fights are Oof. iffy. So yeah. I think, that confidence boost helps. But also you mentioned preseason. Maybe this is just me. I hope Burrow doesn't play the first three preseason games.
1: Yeah. That's fair. I think a lot of people are going to feel that way.
3: I I hope that's the way they go with it. I
2: don't want them to – Yeah, because you're playing against first stringers. I mean, granted, it's only for like a couple drives, but you're playing against first stringers right away.
1: And and so what I think they need to do – and this is assuming obviously he gets cleared – you know fully cleared which i think is going to happen he seems like he's on track for that you know to do pre-training camp or early on in camp does he want those snaps can they simulate enough of it in camp like they did last year by the way he didn't have a preseason last year so that's worth noting yeah where he's gonna feel comfortable week one lining up against the mike zimmer defense or does he want 10 snaps and he might and if he does I don't want to go against him because I want him to be comfortable week one, and I don't want him to be worried about that left knee week one. And I think that's that's kind of the 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 tough part because I agree with you. The risk versus reward of preseason, it's not worth it. At the same yeah. time, you want him to be ready to go, and so that's going to be a a delicate balance, an organizational decision that we we see how they Palmer played. Remember, in, after the O uh, five injury, he played in week three against the Packers.
3: So here's, here's where my my way of thinking. I don't care if he wants those snaps. Or stuff totally <laughs> because that is a super competitive kid.
0: Sure. The he's going that, to want them.
3: The fact that he's talking shit over chess games with guys in training camp. yeah, That's a competitive dude. He yep. wants those snaps every time. I don't give a shit if he wants them. Yeah. I give a shit whether or not. It's a reasonable thing for him to do. And I don't I don't think pushing it is remotely close to a good idea at this point.
1: That's fair. And
3: There's a lot of people who would argue that he shouldn't play the first few games just based on timeline. So let's maybe <clears> – <throat> like I said, he's going to want him. He's going to want to play mm-hmm. the whole time. And good for him for being that way. But I think that's the coaching staff's responsibility to go, nope, you're going to sit out a few, then you're going to have this last one. We did a great job with you last year with no preseason. You'll be able to do it again. Just calm down.
1: Yeah, and in January, he said, I am not. I don't really care about playing in preseason. You know, I'm just going to be ready for week one. Yep. But you never know now from a comfort standpoint. And I, by the way, I don't think this is just a coaching decision. I think Duke will have certainly a factor, an opinion, Mike Brown, you know, all that entire front office is going to have to weigh in on what they do. And it might be as simple as just having him go through all of the warmups like he is starting and then you take his helmet, which might be worth it.
2: His worst case scenario. Look what happened with AJ (coughs) a few years ago. Worst case scenario, Burrow goes down with a non-contact injury before he's 100% ready. Because I remember AJ – I forget who AJ played. Uh, the Bengals played this week, but like AJ ran like two steps in a route and was just like, nope, I'm done. I can't do this.
1: It was in – I believe it was in 18. Yeah. 20, I believe it was in 2018. They got off – yeah, they got off to the 4-1 and one start. AJ gets dinged up and then he comes back – They're hovering around five hundred. Comes back and gets injured, and it was the—I think it was the toe.
2: Yeah, it was the toe. Eighteen. It was um, the the week after the the Falcons game in eighteen. That was when he made the
3: game-winning catch.
1: Yeah, and that that got them to four and one. That was such a fun game. That was, and And then then, right
3: after that, he just so again, going to come back from injury. My, I think it's good that AJ went somewhere else. It's going to sound like I know that as a Bengals fan, you're not supposed to say that. But I think that's the first time in his career he really had real, like, adversity, like, where he really felt, I'm not the best. The guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And coming back, he played like he wasn't the best. Like, he played – he ran softer than he did. You didn't see as much contact between him and and Mm -hmm. defenders and I think him going out expecting to be the number one guy and when expecting him to be the number one guy coming back from a real injury that actually hurt his confidence he never figured out how to get past that I think going somewhere where it's a completely new start, new staff, new program new everything he can go okay I don't have to be the number one, I just have to be good and him being I agree. good makes him the number one
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think there was this weird, awkward, I'm a holdover, and I have all these new faces and this new coach that I haven't played for, and the equity wasn't there anymore, and there was just a lack of trust as much as anything for whatever reason, but if you told me he had 800 yards for the Cardinals and was efficient this year and was a solid number two in that offense behind Andre Hopkins, or maybe even more than 800 yards if they're really good in Arizona, it would not shock me at all, and I, I think that There might be a chip on his shoulder now that was hard to muster given the situation last year.
3: Well, that's what I'm saying. Expecting to be number one. Now, going in, again, I know how competitive athletes are. He's going to go on with DeAndre Hopkins on the other side and go, he's not that much better than me, guys. Sure. (laughs) And everybody's going to be like, yeah, he probably is. And AJ's going to go, you know what? No, he's not. Watch.
2: They were only drafted two years apart.
3: Right, but I think – I think – not being expected to be the number one might be the best yep. thing in the world for a guy like
1: that. Yep. Absolutely. Going- well, because he, he had the contract year, $18 million hanging over his head. Can he finally stay healthy? Those expectations with a, a $6 million contract just aren't there. Like, the Cardinals should be good, and I think they're expected to be good, but I don't think anyone's banking on A.J. having 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns.
3: No, and and being, again, maybe I'm, I, again, I'm the oldest guy in the room, but – these are still young dudes you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At 25, I'm like, I'll fight Rich Franklin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he beats me up in sparring on a regular basis. I'll fight him. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, you know I mean, my, my brain was just not where it needed to be. <clears throat> so I think I add that to a lot of what players do is they're still young guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. – <clears throat> Peak physical condition. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not only young guys, but they're guys who've been super athletes their entire career so far. And now they're competing with other super athletes. And I can tell you from experience, there's guys that are just better than the rest of us. You know, I went to a a wrestling camp with Matt Hamill, who is a deaf UFC fighter. And 15 minutes in, he puts me, he, he uses me for an example in one of the wrestling things. I put my arm around him and I went. I'm about to wrestle the giant, the biggest sewer lid that's ever existed. Like this, like he didn't feel like the same thing. Putting your hand on him, he felt like he was made out of a different material. Yeah. Grab my wrist, just standard wrestling. You know the the starting position. Mm-hmm. He grabbed my wrist. I went, "Huck," because his grip strength was so absurd. And I'm like, "Okay, that's just a different thing than what I am." Yeah these guys are all used to being that different thing.
1: Yep. And, and I think you saw AJ was a little more human last year. Yep. And he, he's, he's got to adjust to being a little more human. I think he can. I think he's smart enough to – I think he has the self-awareness. I also think it's really hard to do in season when it just isn't clicking and things are going wrong and you're losing games.
3: Right. I think starting on the new place, new faces, mm-hmm. new thing to do. In the and, toughest
2: division in football.
3: And to yeah. have a guy on the opposite side that's been debated, like, is he better than you or are you better than him? I i don't think you could draw up a better scenario for AJ.
1: And a guy with a huge arm in Kyler. I mean, yep. he's got a huge arm. Kyler
2: is... I see him as a low-key gunslinger.
1: Yeah. I, I love Kyler. I love everything I love about him. his game. You, you want to talk about elite athlete, he's... Five eight doesn't get hit and can throw it a mile in his fast as yeah. all get out.
3: I saw a video of him just like shadow boxing, like, which, again, I, I can <laughs> take a million things from that. That's get who knows how to box. Yeah, kid who knows how to. De- and they say he's like a. A, a ridiculous call for this they, they say he was a top
2: 10 base he was a top 10 MLB draft pick right
3: That's a, yep. a guy who's good at everything I'm a, I'm totally on board that guy is a mega hat.
2: yep yeah and I think one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL in a perfect fit for Kyler and who will probably have better games a lot of games that are better than AJ I love Christian Kirk in that offense yeah
1: well, he's going to be a deep threat for him, and he's yep. not going to command the attention that Hopkins. Hopkins will get double teamed, yep. right? You'll have A.J. hopefully winning some one-on-one stuff, but not expected to stretch the field like he was last year, another expectation that he's not going to have to fulfill because yep. they have Christian Kirk, and they also got the kid uh, Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love that they really added him, fast, too.
2: Really strong, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 5'9", again, yep. super strong, quick. Did it can just complement all those too? other guys.
2: Do you have health concerns,
3: too, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Might have. I, I forget. It all bleeds together now. I think so, though.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, the guys like that, the, I'm always fascinated by, like, those – I think they're super athletes and then, like, uber athletes. I think Kyle is yep. much more in that, like, uber athlete. Like I said, just, just a shitty 10-second video of him just, like, as he was warming up, whatever, shadow boxing. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, he actually knows the footwork. He knows how to punch. Mm-hmm. I it spent time training with someone who knows how to box. And then, like, a week later, I saw something where he's, like, on the golf course and everyone's like, you can't do what he does. So any of those, like, uber-athlete guys like that, I'm always fascinated by.
2: He's the NFL's Mookie Betts.
1: <laughs> gotcha, yeah. There you go.
2: He's insane. M- Mookie's,
1: Mookie's so much fun to watch. Still don't get what Boston was doing. But uh, yeah, he's so much fun to watch.
3: Lloyd's not a ball with a stick guy. I know absolutely zero about baseball. I've I've tried for years. My grandfather tried. I don't. When there's no contact, I don't understand how it's a sport. I'm I'm weird. I get it.
1: I was gonna say, if you're a combat sport guy, baseball is slow. It's yeah. It's almost the opposite of what.
3: <laughs> it's I, like. I can appreciate that those guys can do that because i've been like I've, I've went to batting cages and tried to hit like what a fastball is mm-hmm. so props to those guys for being able to do that but also i've been standing next to a guy who won the world ski ball championship and i felt the exact same thing
1: <laughs> which was nothing
3: <laughs> yeah it was that hey, you're good at a, you're really good at a skill game yeah what can you do in sports <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which, random fact, I play for a baseball team, and I hit my first ever home run last week.
1: Look at that. Yeah, it's – Baseball – wood bat or metal bat? bat. Wood bat, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was – I was in complete disbelief. I don't want to talk to Lloyd about that because I know you're not a a ball-with-a-stick guy,
3: but – Again, I'm impressed by guys who can do it.
1: Well, you're sitting next to one.
3: Yeah, I – yeah. Uh, oh me. I worked in the zoo, and uh, one of my really good friends there. She married JJ uh, Hoover.
2: Oh, oh gotcha. I'm a Reds pitcher.
3: And I've met yep. him a bunch of times. Always impressed. I was always super nice to him, but at the same time, like when he started talking other sports with me, I'm like, let's just go back to your thing, like because you don't get hit.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, actually, I saw him pitch for the Reds. He did get hit pretty hard a couple times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> Yeah. All right. A lot.
2: So, um, yeah, I saw one thing you wrote about where what is, I'll talk about a couple of things. Like you said that Zach Taylor compared Jamar Chase's skill set to Cooper Cups.
1: He did just partially because you, you see that and you're like, oh, wait. Well, Cooper Cup was a second rounder. I don't want Jamar Chase, the fifth overall pick, to be cop. You want him to be better than that. But it, it was two things: yards after contact and his just ability to not go down. Yep. In his in his body control.
2: We watched and, this happen in London where, if I'm not mistaken, he shaked the shit out of Dre Kirkpatrick.
1: I'm sure. A was few that, people did that year.
2: Was – uh no, there was the – Goff through it like 30 yards to the right and then Coop just juked the shit out of one of our DBs. I think it was Dre.
1: Probably. Oh, yeah. Or, I can and
3: remember.
1: Cup's a freak, by the way. Like, yeah. he's so good. He's got
3: that like uh, ankles where they look like rubber when he steps to the side. <laughs>
1: Yeah, people were like underwhelmed by that. I think (laughs) most people that read that, but I thought it was cool because you hear these comparisons, and a lot of them are you know, lazy, right? Like you compare Jamar Chase to insert whatever star receiver. But the fact that Taylor took two qualities from a guy that, yeah, he's really good, and you might have him on your fantasy team, but he hasn't been an all pro, and he's like, oh, yeah, Jamar has great body control like Cooper Cup, and he breaks tackles like Cooper Cup, but he's got that athlete, elite athleticism and speed. I like those comps because it's like, ooh, that that kind of went in there um, in their process during the draft. And it's someone that, that Taylor obviously coached in L.A. So
2: I think I, I just watched the highlight. It was uh, B.W. Webb, I think, fell uh, on that play. And then just Coop just like, oh, I
3: guess I have a clear lane. And just zip. was in gotcha. London, too. I
1: yeah, I remember good. that game.
3: So I'm going to do something I never do. And uh, I will say, I like a lot of the stuff you write because it doesn't get as overly flowery and complimentary for no reason as other people. Thank you. So I I, I don't normally go out of my way to do compliments. I usually <laughs> just shit on him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had a home run. You got to let him go. Yeah. You got to give him uh, a week. I've
3: been 0 for 4 since. But... <laughs> but no, I, I, I will say that I was actually kind of excited when he said we're going to have you on. I was like, I actually like a lot of stuff you you put out. Like, I've watched a lot of, like, the YouTube clips. that
0: Yeah, man. I was, I was actually
3: a little excited to – because a lot of writers, I think, get too caught up in the, don't say anything negative. They want to – they do
2: shit for clicks. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, I just try to be fair, right? Good yeah. and bad and that's that's kind of just how i've uh, i feel like is the the most effective way cuz if you if you go too far one way or too far the other way well you got to stay you're in this business so if you're fair the whole time then that's that so that's that's kind of my goal and we'll uh, we'll see like last year right i wrote i thought Zach taylor the experiment was done really? but i'm not carrying that into this year and i'm going to give him a, a a third shot yeah that was my opinion yeah, that was after he had four wins, he hadn't won any of those games at the end. Um, I think he had two wins in, or four wins in uh, like 30 games or 28 games or something at the time. But either way, uh, that doesn't carry into this year. I'll be fair <laughs> to him and fair to any of these other guys, right? So that's, that's always my goal. So At
2: one point, I called him White Hugh Jackson.
1: A lot of people in Cleveland think he's, it's very similar to, to the Hughes situation when they yeah. brought him back for a third season. And yeah. I get it. I do.
2: Well, also, that third season was the year that Hugh got his guy, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And then he started to win some games, like some games, a couple. And then yeah. they <laughs> fired him, and I think Kitchens was – or no, it was Greg Williams.
1: It was Greg Williams. And, and, then and they made their run. On. Yeah. Like, and, 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 Williams was and, and,
0: and, pretty good.
1: Yeah, he was, I mean, he was fine. I think I think, yeah. I think it, It's that's the scary thing with Taylor is if, one, I don't think they would move on. Unless all hell broke loose, I don't think they'd fire him midseason. I just don't think it really makes sense. Yep. Um, but bringing him back for a third year, you could be wasting a year of Burrow if he doesn't show that he's the guy. And you've already done that once. I think Burrow was ready to win last year. The team wasn't. The roster wasn't. The coaching staff wasn't. But he was – really ready to go. And I don't think he needed a growing year. And, and obviously he learned from last year and there's stuff he's going to be better at, but um, that's the thing with Taylor. Now there's, there's risk in bringing him back. I get why they did. And I think he could end up being a good head coach. We'll see, but it is risky.
2: I think the key is, and this is the key for every, for the Bengals injuries because on paper right now, the Bengals are a pretty good team. That is if everyone on the roster stays healthy,
1: and that's never going to happen, right? So the, the key is avoiding the major injuries, Burrow, Mixon, the receivers, the pass rush, and then having depth at, at spots. And they did try to upgrade this. I think they're deeper at cornerback. I, they, there's a reason they drafted four defensive linemen. They needed to increase yeah. the depth, not just the, the starters, but what's behind them. And hopefully it's, it looks better on paper. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And yeah. We just I, just, I do think they're much better than they were a year ago at this time, you know, from a roster you know, standpoint.
3: We were just talking about the Browns. And I think the Browns are a perfect example. Of one of the things I harp on all the time on this podcast: they've maintained a coaching staff without any major departures or changes for a few years now, mm-hmm. and everyone's playing better. I remember reading an article where AJ was like, "I haven't had the same coaches any year I've been here." It was like his. Fourth or fifth year, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> and I think, you know, we, we suffer the, the, the curse of the small market team. We have any coach that does even remotely well and they get picked off by another team.
2: Saber, ha- Gruden.
3: Yeah, I think having a consistent coaching staff and letting people really develop with the guys that are teaching them is a major, major part of what works. So you look at the Patriots, they've had the same staff since what the Civil War.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I got gotcha. I in, you. In, in so, <laughs> so that's the argument for Taylor, right? Yes. All right, we got it wrong on the offensive line. Let's get Jim Turner out of here. They, they were too loyal to him last year when they could have had Bill Callahan. So let, let's bring in Pollock. Pollock's willing to come back. They bring him back. Let's get Taylor another weapon, another year with Burrow, and now it's time to prove it. They might be right, but, but now it's time to prove it, and I think that's why it's such a, a crucial year because if they go like 6-11, and 11, I don't know how you bring him back, but if you go 8-9, t- God, these records are weird now. With seven it's so games. weird. 8-9, is, is that enough? Like what's enough? What's not enough? It's, it's a really <sighs> it's a a unique spot point. because he's 6-25-1.
3: Yeah, more than
1: enough. I agree. No, I agree he's with you.
3: Together, an offensive line out of scraps. Yep. Now, yeah, I mean, let's say Jonas stays healthy. Does that pay mm-hmm. off? Because that kid has all the upside in the world, all the potential. And he own. loves
2: football. I remember, like, saying, like, when they were drafting, mm-hmm. he's like, he's a high football IQ guy, studies the hell out of the game, and loves what he does.
1: Yeah. No, I I think Jonas really. Really good. I think yeah, he was last year. I didn't question him at all. He played ten games, basically his rookie year, and I was like, "Man, he's he's the left tackle of the future." And it's just, can he stay healthy this year? If he does, I don't really question that he's going to make strides, especially with Frank Pollock coaching him.
2: If the whole line stays, if the whole line stays healthy, it's a good
3: line. Especially about
1: Bobby Hart. <laughs> if if they stay healthy, it is a good line. Like if yeah. if Hopkins is out there and is playing at a reasonable level, let's say by week three. I think it's going to be hard for him to, to be back. Maybe he will. Um, he is not participating in OTAs, but he was out there working out and stuff. Jackson Carmen, I think he can be fine at right guard, certainly better than what they had last year. I mean, they had the worst guard play for for most of the season in the NFL. And then between Suofilo and Spain, I think one of those guys is a starting guard. And then they, that, that's the thing about depth is now you have a backup guard that can play either spot in whoever loses that battle. So I agree. I think that the line's better, and it's just about uh, hopefully staying healthy. If they can stay healthy, I agree. I think they'll be pretty well, good.
3: Arguably one of the most underrated centers in the league.
1: Ho- right? Oh, Hopkins? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah.
3: Like, I, I think watching that guy play, I, I'm like, that's everything you want. That's He's doing all the things right. Like, him pulling two spots over on run plays and doing it, well like a- absolutely i'm surprised he and, didn't get more praise
1: and he's a leader it, 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 you know i think he's a stabilizer on and off the field all of those things that when you're losing games in the middle of a season it's tough to do uh, i think he can do that and, and you're right he does everything that's called upon uh, that they they ask him to do and he's really smart i mean trey's trey's one of the more fun interviews because okay. he's he, he's thinking about what you're saying and, and giving you some good stuff
2: yeah. I mean, I've me personally, I've tried like hell to get players. I've slid into more DMs than I can count, and no avail. Literally yeah. nothing.
3: I mean, it doesn't help it, me. always starts off with like, hey, sexy. <laughs> That's
2: how I text you. I
3: know.
1: <laughs> you just copy and paste it into the DMs, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's and tough. It's, it's really tough really getting the
1: virtual cool. interviews, even, you know, me too. I mean, it's the same. Unless the team sets it up, it's really tough to get players. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was told. Uh, I forget what it was. The team's communications director or something like that. We had to email them, and I think I couldn't find their email on the website or something like that. I just can, start,
3: just start offering them free zoo tours.
2: <laughs>
1: there you go. There you go.
2: You made a. He's made Fiona cakes
1: before.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know all, all the birthday cakes you see for animals and stuff. That's this guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. if you ever want to go? Gotcha. You know, no joke. Absolutely right. really for real. Like, if you ever want to take like the wife and. and...
1: Yeah. yeah okay yeah i haven't been to the zoo in years it's, year like
3: so it's probably completely
1: different from when i was there but
3: i started off in construction and maintenance i got a degree in network administration web design and i'm a nutritionist at the zoo gotcha. i found something <laughs> that i was okay with going to work and doing every day
1: that's uh, the goal man so that's awesome
3: i do so yeah like i said if you if you ever want you got a way to contact us? Um, yeah, I'm
1: down, man. Okay, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. That'd be, yeah. that'd be fun. I need to get to, like I said, I need to get back to the zoo. I haven't been there. Probably, I would guess 0708. Like literally, oh, wow. like I was probably debating Jerome Simpson, Deshaun Jackson last time I was at the zoo.
2: <laughs> I think it's not as much debating Jerome Simpson, like because I didn't even know who Jerome Simpson was
3: in 2007. Sure. I, I, I did just because of like the video clips that kept being played on everything. Yeah. Which I think I get how they were sold on. Like watching. He was his, he was hurtling guys. Not only that, but just watching like his workout stuff. Yeah, he yeah, had what a forty-two-inch vertical jump.
1: Something crazy. Yeah, I mean he was really. Yeah.
3: Like he didn't look that guy, and then he performed the way he did. I could I could see being sold on him. I mean, these are all guys who haven't seen him play at NFL speed, trying to pick. Like we can shit on everyone for like, hey, that's him versus Deshaun Jackson, but they all right. We're watching him play at college speed. We're watching him play sure. the best way, and then you see something as absurd as what that guy could do with his body. Like the amount of body control that guy had. Like he trained with Olympic level gymnasts for exercise.
1: You went. You went from going after Mike Brown to just defending his Jerome Simpson pick. I just want to point that out yeah. during this interview. Duke pick. You what?
3: That was Duke Tobin's pick. Everyone oh. dropped that on Duke's lap after it happened.
1: Oh. The Simpson pick? Oh. Yeah. I, I think I, I think Mike Brown loved, loved Simpson too. I'll say that.
3: Probably, but I think that that's how he got sold on it.
1: Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
3: And then – if I'm not
2: mistaken, Jackson was picked like within the next three picks or something like that.
1: Something like that. It was quick. Yeah.
3: It was. I think. Yeah. To the, to the Eagles. Yeah, Which, Oh boy. And then he had that cool like, dropping the ball before he got in the end zone. <laughs> I remember those. Made everyone feel a little bit better about it for a. It flips
1: second. it, by, flips it behind his back. Yeah, I never understood that. That was crazy.
3: It's showboating. But it made everyone feel better for like a second.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. yeah. Hey, at he didn't Ar- score either.
3: Yeah, at
2: least our Ar- guy <laughs> didn't do that. He held on to the ball, and he was upside down for a second.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, but, dude, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Dude, thank you so much for coming on and just yeah. talking and bullshitting with us. Um, uh, so we'll do a couple predictions and bullshit. What are your major predictions for this year?
1: Oh, predictions? Uh, record-wise? Bad. Yards-wise? Like, what do we? Uh,
3: anything? the season. It could be that Bobby Hart runs back on the field and kills four other players on the other <laughs> team just trying to make sure that he gets a spot somewhere again.
2: And he killed oh. six more by convincing <clears throat> them to not
3: get vaccinated.
1: Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Um, no, I mean...
3: I <laughs> could someone suck anymore.
1: Uh <laughs> The, the first prediction: right tackle is is upgraded. It's better this year than yeah. it's been in the past three years. I bought that one for both. Love,
2: I love the it's Riley the Reef bald. signing because he's an NFL vet. It's like Frank Pollock and Riley Reef are basically guiding and coaching the future of this line right now. Because mm-hmm. the guy we haven't brought up, Jackson Carmen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it could be very good.
1: Yeah, I think that – so overall, I think the line's going to be better than, than it's been in recent seasons. certainly better than last year. Yep. Um, I think that – if I had to guess right now, and this would be subject to change, but I actually think they're going to be good enough where Zach does get a fourth year. If I had to guess right now, like I think yeah. they can win seven games if Burrow stays healthy. So if they're seven and ten – Knowing the, the, the family, I would assume that Taylor gets a fourth year and they, they're going to have a bunch of cap space and they'll go sign whatever weaknesses they have, probably an offensive lineman or two in free agency and try to make a real run in 2022. Um, so that would be one. I think Burrow's going to have a, a huge year, either him or Mixon. I think they could both be in the, the comeback player of the year type uh, running. And it wouldn't shock me if Mixon has his best season.
2: The, Alex right? the
1: offensive line's legit. Yeah, offensive line's legit now. Pollock's back, so there you go. Well, a little optimism, optimism there. The
2: one game coordinator.
1: And and I think that was uh, part of it because of his relationship with Mixon. Yep. Let's get this right, so you can maximize him. Because they paid him for a reason. They're going to try to get him the ball.
2: Yep. I'm so excited. Well, I actually met Joe Mixon briefly in OCR. He was like, it was like two in the morning. I was a little drunk, and he's like, "Who the hell are you? Go away." <laughs> <laughs> it's all good what's your bold prediction my bold prediction Oh uh, boy uh do the bengals play the chargers this year they do uh, that'll be a fun matchup burrow versus herbert who you got uh oh boy i say oh boy that's gonna be a good game
1: I'll give, you, I'll give you a prediction. Burrow throws for more yards than Justin Herbert this year.
2: Yep. I think about the, that? I think when Burrow went down, I said this to Andy Fox, but the moment Burrow went down was the exact moment that Justin Herbert hype train
0: exploded.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Because there was one rookie of the year now, right? It wasn't going to be Justin Jefferson because he's a receiver. You had the two quarterbacks that were going to duel. Yep. And I thought that the Bengals were going to win – at least two more games last year with Burrow. Like, I get it. They, they beat Houston and they beat Pittsburgh. But oh. I think they would have beat Washington with Burrow. I think they would have probably beat the Giants and maybe the Dolphins. So, like, they, they could have ended up with, like, that seven-win range anyways oh. had Burrow stayed healthy.
3: Yep. All right. My bold prediction is that the line issues aren't all the way resolved. I, I honestly agree. And about halfway through the season – Pollock just decides to throw on pads like Burt Reynolds <laughs> in the longest yard. He's going to stray like Burt Reynolds in the longest yard. Just go out there and just be like, fuck it. I'm the right guard now. Yeah. Let's go. Yes.
1: Fourth and one, he comes out there against Pittsburgh and is like, we need a yard. We're going to get this and win the game.
3: Yeah, he does need to play back. Full He's Don Tari Poe. <laughs> talk about going those weird packages where they needed one yard. Yeah. Just like, Fuck
1: it. Gotta do it. <laughs> love it! Oh, I love it.
3: That's
2: my I need to see that. I'm the. He's like I'm the running game coordinator. Screw it. I'm the running back now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Let's go. There is no fullback anymore, really.
1: Not on the Bengals.
2: No. It, the the only one,
3: Ryan was...
2: The only cool. one I can think of at the time I had even the NFL is is Kyle Scrabble for the 49ers. is not uh, one of the Watts a
3: fullback?
2: Uh, Derek Watt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, too. So, Kyle Scrabble for the 49ers. He's checked. And I the Browns can... have one,
1: too. Janovich, I think it is.
2: Okay, I'll give him that. But, yeah. That's... The only reason
1: I remember is because he was crushing Jermaine Pratt a bunch last year in the oh. two matchups. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with you. I think I've said this is, like, kind of a Band-Aid offensive line. Not like a. This isn't, like, a long-term, like – this is going to be our line for the next five or so years. Like it's a, it's a band-aid. It's not bad, but it's a temporary fix. Yep,
1: yeah, and that's why I think next off-season they're going to have a ton of money. Yeah. That's when you go spend it. That's when you use the 15th pick in the draft on the the best player on your board, which could be an offensive lineman then, and you continue to to build up the trenches.
3: Yeah, that's what we're all hoping I think.
1: No, yeah, for sure.
2: the Last uh, ever, ever since they drafted William Jackson 16, every first round pick has been an offensive player.
1: Yeah,
3: Ross. Yeah, Williams, Jonah Burrow, and now Jamar Chase. I think also with the that freedom and and cap um, that space that you're talking about, I think maybe next year you see a lot more defensive side of the. Free agency flashes. It, it just seems like that's where they're more willing to go into free agency. Is on defense. it does, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, they've spent a ton there, but I, I think that you could see them going after a linebacker, depending on what happens linebacker wise, another pass rusher, and uh, uh, nice. who knows? And they're going to re-sign Hubbard, I think for sure. Bates, um, so you, you could be talking about a couple extensions there too.
0: Yep,
2: you got to hope because I was I remember I was pissed when I mean I was. Not pissed, but my day was ruined when the Chiefs got Tooney. I was like, I was so convinced that Joe Tooney was going oh, to be an going Were out. you really? That sucks.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they were going to spend that type of money on it, you know. And I didn't think he was going to get that much. I mean, he got huge money, but I didn't think they were going to spend 460 or anything like that. Yeah, I
3: think we mentioned this on the podcast where I was like, I'd love to see it, but I don't think they'll spend that yeah. cash. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And it, and it might it, – look, if Jackson Carmen is pretty good – it's not worth it to spend that capital on Tony. So I, I get where they're coming from.
2: Yep. All right. So yeah, we got our predictions out of the way. Uh, let's do some plugs because you have a lot of socials and you got, you're on Twitter. You're on <laughs> say Bengals talk on Facebook. You're on, are you on the gram too?
1: Yep. Since he Bengals talk on the gram, I just re- oh. gran- re- rebranded my gram for, for straight Bengals stuff. So.
2: Yep. And James Rapine on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yep, yeah, right. it's uh, it's that simple, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, allbengals is where everything filters through. So
2: you and Andrew Fox and and a bunch of other guys.
1: Yep, Elise Jesse, um, and then heck, Nicole Zembrot, you know, a bunch of different contributors, Russ Heltman, So what's the
3: yep. YouTube you use
1: most? Um, oh, Cincinnati Bengals talk on youtube as well so that's a lot of andrew you'll see a lot of andrew fox miller's work there a lot of editing and stuff he yep. does a good job
2: yeah he's a he's a really good dude him and i talked for about an hour because he does because i do stand up and he does he that's does, what he said yeah he did a little bit and i don't really remember him all too much because i think he only did like a couple of mics but
1: yeah he didn't do much he didn't do much. i was at one or two of them so
2: yeah did you ever go to go bananas ever or
1: i did i haven't in a long time but yeah, I, I have. Do you, you still perform there once in a while?
2: It is. Uh, it's really great uh, when it's open. It's not open right now due to renovations. But oh. when it is open, I am gonna be the first one there.
1: Yeah, gotcha.
3: I'm not a comic, but I'm there more than a some lot com. of comics. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah, man. No, it was a good time when I've been there. It's just been a while.
2: Yeah. So last question, because I'm like kind of like trying to go into sports writing myself. But what's mm-hmm. if someone were want like this. I could probably listen to this answer too, but like if someone were to want to go into sports writing or like sports podcasting or something like that, like what's, what's, Hey, can you, give me, you have?
1: can you give me one second?
2: Yep. Absolutely. I'll be right back. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, dude, but, uh, James, thank you again for coming on. Uh, so you said, um, if you have, oh, if I do carry up everyone's at, at chameleon
0: yeah.
2: and I'll be there, <laughs> uh, in two weeks with Randall Marklow. Yeah. Um, so I was saying, like, um, if someone were to want to go into like sports writing and um, like sports podcasting, what's a piece of advice you have? Like, because like you started basically like from like, oh my god, I'm gonna do this, and then now you're here. So, what's um, a piece of advice you have?
1: Well, what you're doing right now, right, is is reps. So podcast yep. away, and that I think that's the beauty uh, of this time and age and technology. Everyone seems to have some sort of recording device, even if it's a cell phone, you yep. can get your reps uh, on podcasts. I remember recording tons of podcasts that no one listened to. And I think the archive files are somewhere, right, where it was just about getting the reps. And I basically was talking to myself, getting more comfortable on the mic and things like that. Uh, so, so that's the first thing I would tell any – and I've told you know college students that say it is – Get as many reps as you can, and uh, same thing goes for writing. You know, you can create your own blog. I know that's what I did. Where again, no one read it. It It's a Blogspot blog, but I got more comfortable writing. Yeah, right. And and it's just it's about getting those reps. And then you mentioned Cincy Jungle earlier. Then heck, I contributed to Cincy Jungle for a little bit, and then going there and or or somewhere like it and starting to write or starting the podcast to do different interviews and things like that. And just, you keep going and, and you get more experienced. And if you work really hard at it, it you know, hopefully a, a door opens here, a door opens there and, and suddenly things start to roll. And that's usually how it works. And I'm sure that's probably how it worked with you yeah. from a comedy standpoint, right? Is you just meet people and things start to move in the right direction and yep. uh, and that's it. So it, it takes a lot of time. It, it's, you know, there's a lot of effort that no one sees Yep. But uh, it's, it's certainly doable for sure.
2: Yep. Absolutely, man. James, thank you so much for coming on. This will probably be posted tomorrow. But, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we were able to work this out. Absolutely. And it was fantastic. So you're welcome back. I mean, you're welcome back on any I know you're probably super busy. But, dude, thank you so much for coming on. And, um, Lloyd, I think we only have one thing left to say. Uh, what are we, we going to say F you to? You want to say after you do the NFL? Yeah. Is that okay with you, James? Go for it. All right. Do you want me to say it? Nah. We'll, we'll say it. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say it. That. All right. Fuck, Fuck you, you, NFL. NFL. We, we like, like the Bengals. Come on, man. There we go. Uh, Stop recording.
0: Fuck you. We like the Bengals.